Hello and welcome yet again to the Bibs Corner Podcast. Uh, it's a special episode. We are about a quarter of the way through the NBA season. Uh, at least for the Mavericks, you know, a lot of postponements. So some teams are not a quarter of the way through the season yet. But um, J- my friend Josh and I, Hornets fan, who are also a quarter of the way through the season, I uh, plan to do a quarter, half, and three-quarter away check-in on the NBA season. So that's what this episode is. Uh, we start out talking about COVID and the way the NBA has handled it, uh, the the news around uh, NBA players, and uh, Sekou Smith we talk about for a little while in the beginning. Uh, we move to um, injuries that have impacted the season so far and trades. Uh, we talk about that. We talk about our individual teams. So he goes in on the Hornets. I go in on the Mavericks. We give our grades for our teams so far, and then after that, we go over our the majority of the conversation. Uh, we go over the predictions that we made before the season and how we think they're doing now. Uh, we give three to five that we are not happy with or things that we maybe overlook coming into the season or teams that have proved us wrong. or And then we go over the, the three we feel great about from the beginning of the season. Um, so definitely enjoy. Uh, I know other people have told me that they love Josh coming on. So I expect to hear a lot more of him <laughs> going forward. Uh, but yeah, just enjoy. Uh, I, I, it's a longer episode, so I've been told y'all love those. So uh, feedback is great. We did answer some questions at the end as well. We got a few questions that came in. So uh, once again, Josh is back, and uh, we had a good conversation. Hello, movie fans. Uh, it's been a while since you heard from me uh, on an advertisement post a real one i should say but we are back <laughs> i recently partnered with the folks over at alamo draft house and uh, if you aren't aware of alamo draft house is one of my favorite movie theaters uh, you can currently rent out an entire movie theater for 150 dollars for you your friends however many you want to get split the bill uh, you bring 10 friends it's 15 bucks a piece um Minimum concessions of 150 total, but when you consider that they offer draft beers and wines during the movies, the food is great. It's restaurant-style dining. Um, right now, because of the pandemic, it's self-served, but typically with Alamo, if you become a regular, if you're not already, they bring the food to you during the movie, everything. Um, again, one of my favorite theater experiences uh, and Right now, the best way to support the movie industry, even if you're not willing to go into a theater yourself, is through gift cards. So on my website, and I'll try to put one in the the link, the notes to the uh, episode, but there will be a link where you can go and buy gift cards. Again, even if you're not ready to go right now, you can support the movie theater industry by buying gift cards and saving those for when you are ready to go. Um, again, that's Alamo Draft House. Uh, primarily based out of Texas, so check the local listings. But uh, there are episodes. There are (laughs) theaters in other places. 
Uh, again, there's a link on my website. You go to any article on the right side. And I also am partnering with Mondo. Um, and they do custom prints of movie posters. So not the regular movie posters. They do like custom artwork and they do them on a limited edition basis. So you got to get in quick because they sell out fast. Uh, Mondo, there's a link to them on the right side of the website as well. And uh, yeah, that's it, people. Back uh, to our scheduled programming. Hello and welcome back yet again to the Bibbs Corner Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. And today I am joined by none other than at Hornets Fan 88, my good friend Josh Sparrow. Uh, he's been on the podcast now, how many times? Three, four, five? This is four. This so, is four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the fourth time Josh is on. Uh, you may recall before the season started, we sat down and did our season preview, season predictions, things that we expected coming into the season. Uh, we are a quarter of the way in, so it's time to check in on how those predictions are doing. And then, of course, talk about the things that may have affected how things are going right now. Uh, and we're going to start with COVID. Uh, we knew it was going to be an issue. Uh, I think before the season, Luka Doncic publicly said that, you know, it may come down to who has the best protocols around COVID and deals with it the best. And Kyle Kuzma said, yeah, right. Uh, Sounds like Luka was right, I would say. (laughs) We'll we'll get into the the standings later. But uh, before we get into that, I did want to touch on, um, as an NBA fan, and an ESPN hater. I spent a lot of time watching NBA TV. And <clears throat> the other day, it came out of nowhere for me, probably for a lot of other people. But we found out that Seku Smith, um, writer, analyst for NBA TV and the NBA, uh, sudden, tragically passed away, 48 years old. I uh, did read that he did have some pre-existing conditions, but that really doesn't matter. Um, Again, 48-year-old man, uh, prime of his life, a guy who always had a smile on his face. Uh, One of my favorites, personally, um, nationally. And uh, I think it it needs to be, it can't just be that he passed away and it is what it is. Like the NBA seems to be not taking this virus as seriously as they maybe should we've got more teams opening their arenas to fans and things of that nature um i i really don't understand and uh josh i i kind of talked over the intro here getting into that but what what first of all welcome back to the podcast and then of course you know how where are your what are your feelings right now with how the covid situation is being handled by the nba yeah um yeah, sucks to to start off on this note. Um, I'll be honest, like it, like the NBA is is really just uh, it's a, it's sort of a, I guess a microcosm of really just like what's happening in the country as well. A lot, everyone says this is important. Everyone says we need to be taking taking precautions, but 
they're just not really happening at the level that they really need to be. And I understand the product would be different if they were really, really taking like the steps they need to take. Um, I understand that the players don't, I, I think I've heard several times they don't like being, they didn't enjoy being in the bubble. Um, they felt yeah. too restricted. Um, and I get all that, but outside, I mean, if you're gonna, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you're going to have a season and you're going to say you want to be safe and, and, you know, keep guys, keep guys healthy and, and keep their families healthy and stuff like that. I mean, you've got to take extra precautions. Um, it, it sucks for the players. It sucks for the fans. It, it sucks for everybody, but that's, I mean, we're in a shitty situation right now. And I think we just have to, we have to accept that and, and treat it as such. Um, the Seku Smiths thing was just, uh, I mean, yeah, you just, you hear about COVID and the people dying and you, you just hear and think that it's mostly elderly people. Um, I mean, he was 48, you know, three kids and a wife. Um, it just, yeah, it, it hurt. And I mean, if you've, if you followed the NBA for 20, any time in the past 20 years, like you've, you've read his stuff or you've seen him on TV or heard his, him on podcasts. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, love, love like reading his stuff. Um, so that, that hurt. Um, especially, I think we're just about, I think did we, we just passed the one year since Kobe. It was literally, I think on the anniversary. The same actually. day. Yeah. It was either the day um, of or the day after. I, I believe it was the day of. Yeah. And, and it's crazy to think back to that now and just think, yeah, how different things have been. And since, yeah. since, since that, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, there, there's only so much you can say about it. It's I'm, I'm kind of like annoyed with a lot of the stuff and, you know, the way the NBA is handling it. I understand there's, you got to get the games in and, and, but, you know, just like the other day with like, um, you know, them not letting Kyrie and, and Bam swap jerseys. Like we got these guys in these small spaces. They're out there like playing, sweating on yeah, each put other. Put the jersey in a like, bag. Like, what? But like, it's like at the end of the day, like if that's the precaution you're taking, that's doing nothing. Like, like you can't, you can't be super, super cautious in one area and then like be lax in others and letting fans in is not the right call uh, in my book. Um, just the, the whole thing is frustrating. And like I said, it's frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating, I'm sure, for the for the, the teams and the players. It's everybody. Everybody is frustrated by this. But like, yeah. if we're gonna have a season, you just have to accept that that's that's the way the world is right now. And I, I think they need to make some changes. I don't know if they will um, change anything so, up for the second half of the season. But so I know that they. So when we came back for the season in December, they had forty eight. I think positive tests at the beginning of the season um one of those positive tests was nausea little who's like 20 and i actually did not realize but he had a really tough bout of covid like he said that he lost 20 pounds he was in pain constantly he couldn't hold any food down and basically like he said the pain was so bad that he just wanted it to end is how he felt. And we're talking about a 20-year-old. So, again, this goes back to what you mentioned, people acting like this is just killing old people. No, this it, even, even if you survive, who wants to suffer like that for right. three weeks? Right. And, there's, and we know there's long-term lingering effects uh, for people. So 
survival shouldn't be the only bar- barometer for how bad the virus is. Like, if if I got shot in the chest and I survived, I still got shot in the chest. <laughs> like, I, there's still right. some issues from that. Um, I, I don't know. It's like uh, you, you fell down a cliff, broke every bone in your body, and you're on life support, and somebody walks up to your bed and says, but did you die, though? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, that that whole argument just annoys me on its own. So then we talk about the those, the protocols with the league. And so after Christmas, because people celebrated Christmas with their families like they do, we had 16 tests positive again. And the league decided, okay, we'll make more restrictions. You can't have randos in your hotel room, et cetera, and so forth. Two weeks later, we only have one positive test, but and the league has extended these new more restrictive protocols for another two weeks. Uh, But even during this time, there are more players who are suffering. So, for example, on the Dallas Mavericks, Maxi Kleba, one of my favorite players to watch, apparently really struggled with this virus and all of the Mavs players that were out due to either contact tracing or the four, there were four total that got the virus for sure. The other three are back. Um, Josh Richardson, after his first practice, posted a video saying WTF, like, you know, his conditioning wasn't great after having to deal with that virus. And again, this, it affected him. And Maxie, we know that he had a worst case. So how's he going to come back? How long is it going to take him to be right? You know, is his wind going to be there? So I don't know. It feels weird. The fact that they were doing this whole 15 minutes of close contact thing, but initially said that being on the court with someone wasn't close enough contact. It's like, well, how did you research that? Right. And then now, so they have changed that, or there were a couple players. I think Jason Tatum was one of them where he was on the court guarding a certain player for more than 15 minutes, they determined. So that's like the only situation where on the court contact with a positive test has gotten someone uh, taken out. Um, it, I don't know. It's just really weird. Uh, again, 22 total postponements, Wizards and Grizzlies six each. Teams playing shorthanded. That has had a major impact on this season. Yeah. And look, I mean, we're not doctors or anything, so it's hard to really speak to like what is super safe, what's not. But I mean, there's a lot of postponed games, a lot of guys sick. I mean, just on the surface, like something's not working right. well. Um, like you said, maybe maybe tighter restrictions will will change things. But I mean, I don't know. It I I think they did so well with the bubble, and just like I think that whole process worked so well. I guess. Maybe there's like a false sense of hope that they were just gonna be able to come out and like, yeah, you know, it was gonna think, be easy to do, but it's clearly not. Yeah. So what happened, I think, is you know you had the success of the bubble, and so then people said, oh, the NBA smart, and just said that whatever the NBA decides is gonna work. Right. And that's not how it worked. The bubble worked because it was a bubble. <laughs> yeah. Like because they created a self-contained environment where they weren't allowing people in, and that's how these nations have done it. They shut down, let the incubation period for the virus die, 
and then they came out and survived after that because the virus couldn't get in. Yeah. But uh, we have not done that here for whatever reason. And here we are almost a year after it really, uh, more than a year after it landed here. And that's the, I, at the end of the day, that's the frustrating part is that, you know, like this is still happening. People are still dying, but like we've had a year to get this somewhat under control. And it feels like there's not even still, like I'm still not even 100% sure we have like a pathway to getting it totally no. under control. I mean, like, at I, all. Think, I, I think certain changes in the past couple of weeks have at least set the stage for um, for us to get there a little easier. But yeah, it's it's just, why are we still talking about this as something that's actively happening and not something we're like, that feels a little more in the past. Like we're still very much in the thick of it. Um, and so, yeah, when, when young guys are dying or, you know, I'm, I'm at like players getting sick sucks, but I mean, you're talking about people actually dying uh, or yeah. feeling or like a 20 year old feeling like he wants to die because it's that bad. Yeah. And, this and is I haven't heard, that, yeah. you know, since Kat was diagnosed, I haven't heard anything about his Man. condition. Did you see, uh, did you read what he put out? No. He put out like a statement to his uh, nieces and nephews, uh, like promising them that he was going to fight and not end up in the ground next to auntie or next to grandma and your uncle or whatever. Like, come on, man. That is an, I, man, can you, I can't imagine what that no. has been through. I, it's unreal. He said Unreal. that the old cat is dead. Like that was his thing. Like at the beginning of the season, like he's not Damn. who it was before. And then he gets it, and you can I can only imagine the things that have gone through his head sure. since he got sick. Sure. And again, we the only thing I've seen of him is when <laughs> Jordan Woods did the uh, busted challenge, and apparently he popped out. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe she cured. Him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the cure to COVID. Uh, we need to test the spirit. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. Um, anyway. We so at this point in the podcast, I received a phone call that interrupted our train of thoughts, and we tried to pick it back up right after. So continue to enjoy. All right. All right where, where were we? I forgot. Um, Cat. Jordan Woods. Oh yeah, we're talking about Cat. Curing COVID. We're talking about Jordan Woods curing COVID. That's what we're really talking about. <laughs> I mean, but um, if she's the cure, I would like to. No, I'm just kidding. I would. I'd get the. I'd get the vaccine. <laughs> is, is she the vaccine? A <laughs> lot quicker. I'd get a lot quicker. Again. Oh yeah. man. All right. All right. Uh, I would. I would. This is your podcast, back. but I would like to vote. We talked about basketball because this this COVID man, this is just hard. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you brought that cat thing back, like on a light note, because that shit is <laughs> that's devastating, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So again, the, him tweeting about the, the busted challenge. I have to hope that he's doing yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the only silver lining in this, man. So transitioning away from, from the Jordan Woods cat. COVID vaccine yeah. situation. Uh, the All-Star game. The NBA still wants to do an All-Star game. Um, they're aiming for March 7th, 8th. And right now they said they would like to do it at a HBCU as some sort of gesture of something or other, whatever. Um, I don't know how I feel about it personally. I don't think it makes sense to send all of the best players to one spot in the middle of the season um 
the potential for all of them to end up infected or on protocols is very high. Yeah. <laughs> so then your 30 best, what, 24 best players are out <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> Sounds like a disaster for the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Plus, if they do the the rising stars, I mean, now now not only are your best players potentially all infected, now all your best young stars are infected too. So, like, we're watching all the role players just go at it. <laughs> right. If anything, now now they could probably get away with skills challenge, dunk contest, three point okay. contest. Like, if they want to do some of that stuff, where you have one guy on the court at a time. Right. You're keeping them separated. You, I could see a scenario where that works, and you still get some of that entertainment uh you know from the all-star break um you know maybe there are other things you can do with the the all-stars other than have them play a game i don't know what but like yeah i mean they could do horse and stuff like that like you could do horse the things you could do knockout right right have it like on separate sides of the court or something like there's a lot of ways they could get creative they really could i agree though You, you put your your 24 best players in a small gym like I mean, not a small gym, but I mean, Jim, Jim from concessions is infected and just affects the entire NBA. Like. <laughs> it's yeah, oh, it's on, crazy. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I mean, and the all-star game is what it is anyways. It's, it's, you know, they, they, I think they started giving guys like bonuses for winning the game to put a little more, make it a little more competitive. But at the end of the day, it's an exhibition game. Nobody's yeah. like, take it too seriously i don't see a reason to do it go ahead and have the votes have your honorary all-stars maybe, maybe do some skill some stuff. type of videos or something yes yes i don't i don't think people are going people to people watch it seeing the game i'd watch a little mini documentary where you talk to all the all-stars about how the season's been and their goals and stuff like I, i'm here for that i agree like follow them around let them let them shoot yeah. some like you know behind the scenes footage you don't get to see right like give us you can they, they can give us some premium content for the all-stars without putting them at risk right so so that's that speaking of putting players at risk uh injuries so far this year injuries or big trades and things like that that may have impacted this season and our thoughts about how things have gone so far uh, i know you said you got a couple you wanted to mention and talk about real quick yeah the big one, uh, Karis LeVert. I mean, not a traditional injury, but no. the fact that, like, he said that a trade basically saved his life. Yeah. Because I think he, I think they found that the growth was cancerous, but he was yep. exhibiting no sign. I think it typically doesn't uh, uh, show signs uh, in the early stages. So he was exhibiting no signs. He felt healthy. Um, and a damn, James Harden trade got him to get a physical that like uh yeah that helped him have surgery and he's supposed to make right. full recovery that was like man that's like one nice piece of news yeah. amongst all the other yeah like talking about COVID before like it was just nice to have that one thing uh to hear about a guy like catching something early and, and being able to make a full recovery and on top of that Pacers are look really good I yeah. mean they still need they they're a few steps away, but that's a good team. And when he joins that team, very excited to see them. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't played, and the Grizzlies are the sixth seed, I think. Like, to um, me, that is a – I think I think that's where they were at. 
Maybe you. maybe it's moon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's a huge. To me, that's like one of the one of the things I'm looking they're at. They're eight is, now, but it's like really close in there. It, yeah, they're all in like games part. Uh, the fact that you know, and I think and John Morant missed some time as well. I think that Grizzly team definitely. I I was sleeping on them a little more than I realized. Like I think their record doesn't quite show how good they're going to be, especially when he comes back. Uh, so to me, that's like one of the big injuries that's kind of like changing how the season is going to shake out. Do you know when he's going to be back? I think he's game time decision even to, or tonight. Next time they play, I think he's close. I, I, I might say they've been, they haven't been playing due to COVID, but. Sure. <laughs> uh, which is giving him, which is good. Uh, and then, and then Jimmy Butler, just the other oh, yeah, 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 thing yeah. that's just been kind of, I think, I think Miami's just a team that a lot of people were obviously high on. I was pretty high on. Um, I think their record probably not completely reflective of, of I would how say good not. of a team they are. <laughs> yeah, right. They had to He's, play uh, Max Struess and Chris Silva big minutes. Yeah, it's it's a weird <laughs> – they're, they're throwing out some weird lineups. I mean, they have to be. The majority of their team is not playing. But yeah. uh, I think Butler – I think Butler's injury has been one of the uh, – I, I don't know. I think it's just been one of the most like dynamic for, for how the season impactful. Yeah. yeah, for how the season's shaken out, just because that was a team that was expected to to be very competitive. Um, they just haven't been able to do it yet. Uh, but um, again, once he comes back from that, very interested to see how the, the how he plays out. But those are those are kind of three. When you mention injuries, those are just the three things that like jumped okay. out to me that mattered um, right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, I, I can agree with those. I think the Wizards' situation is being overlooked. Um, a lot of injuries and COVID for them. Yeah. Um, Westbrook hasn't been healthy. Thomas Bryant towards ACL. And then all the rest of their key players, besides Beal, pretty much have been out with COVID. Like, that's why they missed six games. They're back now, but they're playing like Jerome Robinson 40 minutes and stuff like that. So uh, they're going to get Rui and they're getting a couple of their guys back tomorrow, uh, I believe. So they're going to start to get healthy. I picked them as a five seed previously. They are currently the worst team in the East. Uh, I still have faith that that team can recover. It looks bad now, but again, it's Westbrook and Beal and a bunch of nobodies. Like, yeah, Lopez is starting at center, and Alex Len was waived by the Raptors, who are have been struggling also. So, a guy who was waived from a struggling team is playing 20 minutes a game for them right now. So, let's I think people need to relax on the Wizards just a little bit and give them a chance to, to get help. Oh. Well, them getting better also is predicated on on Bill being part of that. And he's looking more and more frustrated. I think yeah, was it last night where he was just shaking his head, like yeah. on the bench. I mean, he, he looks visibly frustrated, but I'm surprised it's taken him this long to really show it. And that's why I think I like Bradley Bill because I, I think he genuinely wants to be able to do it in Washington. Yeah. And I think his his uh his agent put out a statement today saying that his focus is still on trying to make something happen in Washington, but that he will he's openly acknowledging that he's frustrated. Yeah. Um and I think that when when they start getting their guys back here soon, 
if things don't start turning around, then I, in, I mean, we've got, um, I think the trade deadline's the end of March, actually. So he's got two months uh, to, to make something happen. I, I couldn't see them doing it before then. Uh, he's still got an extra year on his contract, so they may not even do it this year. Um, but I, I think it's, I think he genuinely does still want to be there. I think he has flirted with the idea of going to another team, but I also don't think he's one of those types that wants to front run either. So like I could see him accepting a trade to Orlando, for example, uh, with another guy who needs help in Vucevic, who's just been balling right now. I don't think, again, a lot, there's a lot of overlooked guys. We're going to get into some of that here. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that the Washington situation is really the main one I wanted to touch on. Um, and then before we get into like our predictions for the season, I want to take a moment to talk about our team specifically. So the Hornets, what was your projection for them coming into the season? Not out, outside the playoffs, for sure. Like they were going to be a lottery team. Um, right. I, I predicted LaMelo would be have a rookie of the year season um you know i figured uh miles bridges was going to take some leaps i thought pj was going to take some leaps um and i thought Devonte was going to be uh you know their their star not quite all of that um coming to fruition uh but some of it for sure okay yeah what was your what was your mavs prediction Prediction for the Mavs, I had them as the five seed, which is lower than yeah. some people had them. Yeah. Um, I saw a MVP type campaign for Luca, but I don't think I, I don't think I had him in my top three. I didn't have him in my top three, actually. I know I didn't. Uh, I did have a six man of the year campaign going for Maxi, and I still feel pretty good about that when he gets back, yeah. based on him shooting almost fifty percent from three right now. And still, it's finally starting to get a little bit of credit nationally for his defense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but overall, I expected, I think the main thing I expected was that when Porzingis got back, that it would not take him forever to look like he did in the bubble. And right now, I'm not sure if we're ever going to get bubble Porzingis back based on how he looks, looks out there. I mean, you can say you can say the same thing about Jamal Murray. I mean, maybe just some oh, yeah. guys arrived. <laughs> I, although Porzingis did it for a much longer stretch, I, I don't yeah. know what's happened, and he's not exactly like he's accustomed to coming back from injuries <laughs> at this point. Yeah, so you would think you he would, think. you know, he yeah. I I also expected him to kind of come back and be that guy. And frankly, like that's who he needs to be. I I think for at least to, to for him to be considered the the second star or the Robin right. to Luca's Batman. Like he's just gotta be that guy. Um, and he's not, he has not looked like it. Like he looks lost out there again. Like he has never played with this team before. Like he looks like he just got here from a trade. Like everything that we gained in the bubble is gone in yeah. last season. Like you played a whole season here. Why do you look so lost and confused? I mean, yeah. I mean, is he playing like, do you feel like he's hesitant? Like he's just, worried he's, about another he's like looks like he doesn't want to step on Luca's toes he doesn't call for the ball when Luca's not on the court he's standing five feet outside the three-point line um last night was the first time I saw him even try to be in the paint to be a like you're seven foot three if you stand anywhere in the paint area you are a threat that the other team yes. is going to send bodies at 
and that opens up things for other guys. Yeah. Um, that's why the Jazz lead the league in three-point percentage because Gobert can't just be standing down there with one random mere mortal <laughs> near him. Like you gotta <laughs> throw other, other people have to be cheating off their man to be able to double him or whatever to get yeah. the ball out of his hands if he's down there. So uh, KP is very frustrating for me right now. I said it last year that I didn't think he was a legit number two. Um, like when people were talking about getting Giannis and that would be a super team. I didn't, I said, I didn't think it would be cause you can't depend on Porzingis. Um, again, what he did in a bubble was he was showing that maybe he could be that, but if we're going to do this cycle where he gets hurt and then doesn't know how to play basketball for two months again, I can't ever trust you. I can't give you that, that label. And Luca is visibly frustrated trying to carry this team on his back. And right now, I mean, he had his knee iced in the first quarter last night, but still had to come out and try to scrape something together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fifth, I had him fifth. I expected the team to look a little better. People are giving them the COVID excuse, but I'm not feeling it personally. You sounds like you're kind of jumping ahead to the, uh, the, uh, the report card here. Going, going I mean, deep. Like, that's, that's what. Go ahead. I mean, I'll let no, you. No, I'd, I'd like you to. I'd actually like you, you to me, continue. You I mean, to start. You, you've <laughs> given me a lot of the the. I guess it seems like you you've given a lot of the cons and the negatives. What where you, what are you happy with so far? So, um, yeah. So the Mavs right now, I have a bad taste in my mouth. But there was a point where I was optimistic about this team's outlook. On the season, we had we were losing games early. It was kind of been a mixed back and forth situation the whole season. We were losing games early, but we were one of the top defenses in the league. And we were in games because of our defense. Like the offense obviously wasn't clicking. People weren't hitting shots, but our defense was legit. And it was weird to even say that the Mavs were a defensive team. Um, because contrary to what people believe, defense does still win championships. Um, if you if your baseline is that you have a solid defense, then that's you can work from that and improve the offense. If you have no defense, you're probably not gonna be, do, make any noise later in the season. You're not you getting might, fast break points. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of those easier buckets right. for sure. You're, you're you're just trying to outscore people, and yeah. if shots aren't falling, you're done. Right. Uh, shout out to the Nets. Um, so again, that part of it allows me to still be somewhat optimistic about being able to recover because during this stretch, we've been dealing with COVID. Our three best defenders have been out. Maxie, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith have been gone. Uh, there is still a gigantic hole in the middle with our center rotation being Willie Colley-Stein, Dwight Powell and five minutes of Boban here and there. Hmm. Um, I still, I, I personally think the center position is important. I'm not saying you have to have a, 50, a $30 million center necessarily, but you need somebody who can hold down the paint, who can be a deterrent defensively, who can get you easy buckets offensively. And we don't have that. think that that's <clears throat> the root of our issues right now, even down to our missing shots. We, we're not getting easy looks because we can't, open up the floor by having an interior threat. Uh, people know Luca's going to drive and kick so they can play for that. And uh, we watched the team like the Raptors 
just completely take him out of the game. We watched last night with Rudy Gobert. The paint was not an option. Luke only had four rebounds last night. Um, they could just stay tight on all the guys on the perimeter. So we didn't get real, a lot of good looks. Um, and Luca wasn't even trying to really score inside the one. I think the only time I remember him really going aggressively was a clear push off into Rudy's chest and he got the layup or whatever, but like he had to work extra. He had to push off of Rudy Gobert, who's not a small human. And that's not something he was going to be able to do on a consistent basis. So do you want me to give him a grade or do you want to break down how you're feeling about the Hornets before we get grades? Yeah, we can do that. So, you know, Hornets, uh, I'll start with what I like. Um, I like Gordon Hayward averaging 23, five and four. I think he looks like an all-star and I think he looks like that contract, like he was worthy of that big contract. He yeah. Got, um, definitely playing up to it. He looks really good. I mean, he's, he's driving, he's making contact. I mean, he's making good shots. He's getting other guys open looks. He just looks like he's enjoying playing basketball. Terry Rozier, I think also has leapt to be our second best player right now. Um, he's 19 and four, like three assists. Um, also got a big contract. Also seems like he's playing up to those expectations. Love that. Yep. LaMelo is, is like, he, he is must, must watch TV. Like I, I, in terms of passing, I mean, LeBron, Luca, Jokic, LaMelo like those are I, I think he is like already in that in that echelon of like elite passers um in the league like I'm not saying he's as good as those guys I just mean his passing ability is incredible I mean he makes just these like amazing no look passes and he's fun to watch and that that to me is important um for the team uh just just to be you know must watch tv like if they're playing yeah you want to see him because there's going to be fun plays. I think I, I tweeted like they, I mean, they get a highlight play or, or two every game and yeah. between him, between his passing and miles bridges, just attacking the rim. Um, like they're, they are a fun team to watch. And uh, I think that makes guys uh, enjoy playing there more. I think it, it can help bring in free agents who want to be a part of that. Um, and I think they're leading the league in assists per game right now. I think I, based on the numbers I saw, they had, about 28 assists per they game. They move the ball well, and they have a lot of guys that are – like even P.J. Washington is a passer. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes they overpass, in my opinion. They do, but. yeah. And P.J. gets a lot of – like, yeah, I mean, he he's recipient of a lot of those – you know, him just running down the lane because we've played a lot of small lineups, and a lot of those guys right. are just, you know, on the perimeter, and he just comes down the middle, gets a nice pass from Graham or Rozier or Hayward or LaMelo, and he gets a big dunk. Um so I like a lot of the elements that they have going on. However, uh, not everything is to like. Um, Caleb and Cody Martin getting a lot of minutes earlier in the year. Uh, Monk getting <laughs> Malik Monk getting almost no minutes. Um, I mean Lamelo getting few minutes in a lot of games, uh, being benched a lot uh, in the fourth. Um, you know, uh, Borrego's even called him out for his turnovers. To me, I like I understand that that Hayward's having a great year. Um, you know, Graham's had a nice run lately, uh, but we are not like we're not a playoff team. Um, and I feel like this is would be a good year to get a lot of young guys 
uh, playing time, you know, mix up, try some different lineups. Um, and I, I just, I, I, I'm surprised guys like Carrie aren't playing, uh, Jalen McDaniels aren't playing. Um, you know, like I said, Malik Monk can barely get on the floor. When he does, he brings a lot of energy. Um, I, you know, size is an issue for the team overall. Uh, we got Zeller back, but that we just, I mean, during the Mavs game, I mean, we just got just physically dominated inside and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, they get out rebounded a lot. Um, and then also a lot of weird, they play a lot of zone defenses. They give up like among the most threes in the league. Um, I think teams, yeah, I think teams uh, make the most threes against them or they're in, in like the bottom three or five and that, um, and it's because it's because, you know, they, they don't have a lot of great defenders and they're small guys. Uh, so defensively they're, they're pretty hard to watch. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like that they're trying to win games, but at the same time, I, I want to see some of these young guys develop uh, LaMelo, especially I, I, I really want him to get more minutes. Cause I think he, he does the most when he's out there uh, just to make the team like function better. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely split. Uh, I, there are a lot of things I like. I just, I think the main thing is, you know, would like to see, would like to see some different lineups and um, I don't know, just like see some guys get different minutes. Like Devontae Graham had a stretch where he was not hitting, like he couldn't hit water from a boat. Uh, but I mean, you know, to his credit, he's like broken out of that and he's actually had a really nice run lately. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that Hayward Rozier, Graham Lamelo, like that foursome. That's that's. I, I think one of those guys at some point is going to have to go and bring in some more size and some someone with you know gives us more of an interior presence. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what they'll do, but it's they've been fun to watch. But it, it, so it do has you have your eye on anything in particular? <clears throat> I like mean, as as move. You know, it, it's hard to know like who they like. All right, there, there's guys you'd want. There's guys you can realistically get, and then there's that, <laughs> and there's that crossover. Um, you know, I the the Mo Bamba for Malik Monk straight up trade had been floated around. Um, okay. You know, both guys weren't getting a lot of a lot of action. I'd be happy with that. Um, you know, someone like Miles Turner. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what he can be had for. I don't know if Indy. Needs I was about to say at this point, I don't know if they would. <laughs> right, they, there's not a need for it from them. Uh, you know, Marvin Bagley, uh, not 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 incredible player right now, but I still think he's got like, I mean, a lot of potential. Yeah, uh, maybe a change of scenery where he's happier. He'd be back in North Carolina. Uh, I don't know if he's from here. I know he went to Duke, but um, maybe some maybe a change of scenery there. Um, yeah, because I don't think I don't think we're bringing in you know, uh, any, Major. any elite bigs, um, right. you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, they'd wanted to do some, yeah. So, and Drummond, is he unrestricted next, this upcoming yeah. season? You don't yeah. think they'll take the risk? If they could get him for, for. They could, they're one of the few teams that will have money to pay him also, I believe. That's true. That is very true. Uh, I'd be happy with Drummond. I mean, if they could, if they could get him, um, um, but it, it all depends on what, what we're giving up. Um, so Cody, yeah, I mean, Cody plus one, like you're, you know, Cody and Cody to make the money work. Uh, I think Rozier has been probably saved himself and they don't I need cards so anyway. So it'd probably be like Cody and a pick or something like that. Like, like a if future, I actually a protected pick, 
Yeah, and that's the thing too. I think this upcoming draft looks like it's going to be so strong. I don't think you, I don't think you trade your draft pick this year. Trade next year's. Yeah, yeah, Lot, yeah maybe. lottery protected. Because honestly, yeah, if you bring it, like if we can, you know, if we can get a top five guy this year and a, a wing player, um, you know, honestly, right, like last year, I would have felt crazy saying maybe Devonte Graham was a guy they could leverage in someone else because he just had such a good year. But we got, you know, we got Hayward, Lamelo's come in and you know just I think he's I think he's absolutely the guard the point guard of the future and then yeah. Rozier's just played better all around I think um so I think the pressure I think the pressure did something probably. <laughs> it did yeah scary Terry was clearly scared himself and decided to just play out of his mind which has been great I it's, it's fun I really like his game uh but yeah maybe you could leverage you know Graham's value right now because I still think he has a lot of value um, and I mean, he's on a small contract. Uh, he's going to need to get paid soon. But um, yeah, I think I think Graham and, and Zeller. Uh, I don't know if I would do Graham and Zeller. I don't think even. About to say, not, would I wouldn't do Graham him. unless you're getting somebody else back too. That's what I'm not. No, that's what I'm saying. If you could, if you could give him up and, and get a guy like like a Miles Turner or gosh, who, um, who who else is out there that's not even that's not I know happy right now. Lonzo's on the block. Okay, so no, I'll pass on that, man. You don't want the ball brothers? I do not want the ball the brothers. brothers and the Martin brothers, like there's no. Like, we don't need any more everywhere. Don't need more brothers. I think we no, we don't the have Morris uh, twins. Just collect all the brothers in the NBA. I Lopez's. thought we were gonna get Jaden McDaniel's brothers in the league. Jaden, yeah, Jalen or Jaden? He's yeah, Jaden from the. He's in Minnesota. Y'all have Jalen, I think. Yeah, we had Jalen. Um, no, I mean, I you know, I don't know who was out there. I I I wish they had gone for Vucevic a couple of years ago before he really started showing that he was he was elite. Um, because that was that was floating around a lot uh, several years ago. I don't I don't know if they maybe they could get him now. Uh, I I don't know, but I I doubt it. He's locked in. He's entrenched. I feel like next year, if if Lamelo takes a leap, if Hayward keeps playing like he's playing. If PJ, you know, improves a little bit, they get a good draft pick. They bring in a big. Then I think we really have a team that's that we can start really, you know, running with. And, and that's why I'm all in on Drummond. Push. I feel yeah, like I think if he was willing to stay, and you know, yeah, that's the that's the tricky part is like how you don't know how much you you're not willing to give up a lot because unless you get like a commitment from him that he's willing to stay. And frankly, I don't think Cleveland has any intentions of keeping him. So I gotta imagine they his values. They can't. They can't. They got Jared Allen. That's the right, guy. Right. For... You don't trade for Jared Allen on a contract year if you plan to also keep Andre Drummond. Right. Which There's makes no... me think his his value. They're gonna. They understand. Like, I mean, his value is gonna be low. He, you know. So so then <clears> they maybe, got yeah. him for a second round pick or something like that. <laughs> exactly. So they shouldn't care. Like, which is crazy. Anything to me better because, than what you got? Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how he doesn't have value. To go. I mean, we've it's, talked about this a couple of times that people just believe the big man is like completely, you know. I can tell you after believe, last but... night, the big man is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> the big man is not dead. Uh, Rudy Gobert fucking destroyed everything in our he lives. Does. Like, <laughs> and I was trying to like during the game, we've gotten way off track. I've tried to like, during, I tried to like during the game, like say to people like, this is why Rudy Gobert is a max player. Look at Luca's struggle to get anything going offensively. Yeah. Because of Rudy Gobert. Because when he comes off the pick and roll, Rudy Gobert is gigantic. His arms cover 
one side of the paint to the other. And then if he reaches up, he's almost at the rim. Like right. that space that he takes away affects how teams play basketball. And it is it doesn't show up in the stat sheet because those right. shots didn't occur. You don't can't just look at blocks and determine how well somebody's guarding the paint. Guys don't shoot the ball because they know he's going to block it. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. And, and, and look, and, yeah, if you're playing Steph or Harden and, and those guys are going off, uh, I mean, that, that just is what it's going to be, you know? Right. Then you just Nobody your... stops them. Exactly. You're exactly right. Like, it doesn't <laughs> they matter do what they want. Like, yeah. Yeah, that comparison pisses me off. Like, oh, what if he gets switched on to Steph? What if you, what if anybody gets switched <laughs> on to Steph? What you're going to say, what if you get switched on to Steph? Right. But you can literally say that about any player in the NBA. Like you're just picking nitpicking. Like yeah, yeah. if you say once well, you get switched on to Seth Curry, then that now now we're talking about <laughs> oh, but, I'm excited to talk about Steph in a bit too. Oh, like yeah. But did you yeah. did you have a grade? Did you have a, a letter grade for your team? So so far with these Mavs, I gotta give them a oh, man. I'm gonna go C minus. Whoa. I'm gonna go really? C minus. Are so that lower or higher than you expected? So it's it's lower, and I think it speaks to uh, expectations. Uh, yes. You know, so I gave I gave Charlotte a C plus, um, mm. and and that's a little bit tied to expectations, but a little bit tied to just uh, maybe my frustration with how guys are being used. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so, I, I mean, in terms of my enjoyment as a fan, it's probably up to like a high B. But I just think how okay. they performed. Uh, I, I'd say C plus just because I think I see still a lot of holes, but you giving a C minus is interesting. Cause I, I, I mean, really? I, I mean, I'm not happy with what I see on the floor. I see Luka Doncic and a bunch of randos yeah. that don't know what they're doing. Um, Tim Hardaway jr. Is going to be hot for like 30 seconds every game and end up with yeah. a 40% field goal percentage. But when he was missing, he was ruining everything. Like he's taking dumb <laughs> shots. He doesn't pass the ball. Like there was one play where he got a rebound. And I was like, he's shooting this. Like you just know. <laughs> yeah. He's not passing the ball. Bringing that um, thing up the court real slow. Yeah. Like, like. Very, very specific. <laughs> like each dribble is being measured. It's like, oh God, he's about to shoot this thing. Oh man. Regardless. <laughs> like 10 people, five people out of the coach is on the court. He's shooting that thing. You don't care. Um, <laughs> And people act like he's what he's our, 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 he's, I've had people literally legitimately start arguments because I am tired of Tim, Tim Hardaway and, oh, he's the bit. How are you going to do better for a third, a number three? I was like, what? He is not the third best scorer, third he best player on the championship team. There's no, no chance. No chance. It's like, what, what are your goals? Are your goals to always be mediocre or do you want to win championship? I mean, he's, he's one of those streaky guys that like is very fun to watch when he's hot yeah and the complete but, opposite yes you gotta <laughs> take you gotta take the good with the bad there did you see the other night he was 0 for 12 franchise record for the mavericks and they had like the graphic with his, dad. <laughs> with his pops but <laughs> <laughs> didn't his dad have like the the record he has for the longest the nba record for most 17 damn damn <laughs> oh like father like son man very um, funny that that that's just a graphic, weird stat to have come through yeah the picture was like so funny like it looked like they was like if you didn't read what they said you would think that they were talking about something great 
yeah. about father and son. And then you like read it, it's like, oh, they both suck. <laughs> that one night at least. That one night at least. That one too. night. Senior's uh, still a legend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just <clears throat> inconsistency. Like even Maxi, like Maxi's probably been our second best player this year. And I'm still disappointed in what I've seen from him because he'll go an entire game. I think he had like one game where he was like four for four from three in the first half. And then he didn't take another shot the rest of the game, Um, which was a problem I had with Seth last year is that he wasn't pulling the trigger. It's like, dude, you're shooting 50% from three. You're allowed to miss. Yeah. So take the shot. The ball comes to you. Luca didn't pass it to you because he wants you to pass it to somebody else. Pass it to you because he wants you to shoot it. And so there's a lot of that and from other guys who aren't Tim Hardaway Jr. that hesitate. And it's like, no, you got to put it up. Right. Would you rather a guy who is great but, like, doesn't think he is or a guy who thinks he's great but isn't but plays like it? You know what I mean? I'm go, like, I'm go would you like lab. a yeah, like a swaggy P type guy or J.R. Smith who like, or I mean, frankly, a Tim Hardaway. I'm <laughs> like, with Tim Hardaway. I mean, at least he's putting it up and making something happen. If the, if you right. have a guy that's just disappearing for the second half of a game, that's doing you nothing. And I I think that's why Mavs fans like Tim Tim Hardaway so much because we have so many of those other guys that don't play with the confidence. Right. Um, that they are if with Tim Hardaway didn't have the confidence to take these shots, like he knows you know he thinks he's the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah. like you can right. just like, see it in his body language. Like he knows he is. <laughs> money. <laughs> like, he's probably saying Kobe under his breath. Yeah. Every time he gets the ball, like I got this. Do him and Luca? Uh, they get along? Do they play well together? Like from what I could, yeah. From what I could tell, yes. Um, every now and then you can see Luca. Like hold, hold the hands up like as the ball's and the shot's already gone. <laughs> like definitely wasn't expecting you to shoot yeah, that yeah. type of thing. But uh Dang. yeah. But it is what it is. Like, I mean, if everybody else is tentative, then somebody's gotta shoot the ball. Right. Um, and if we had somebody to, to get offensive rebounds, maybe it wouldn't look as bad as it does. But now we're going back to the other issues. Sure, and sure. part of that C minus is not just the on-court product. I'm disappointed in the front office. And I'm disappointed in um, Carlisle as well and discussed trying to get rid of him anyway. So <clears throat> that's that's all coming together. And uh, I put the call out last night because it's been very doom and gloom around these parts lately. I put the call out last night. I said, you know, to the optimists in the Mavs fandom, when can we start to really complain? And they said five games after Maxi comes back. So I'm going to try to relax, accept that maybe there are some external factors impacting what we're seeing. And I'm going to wait for Maxi to come back and I'm going to give him five games. And after those five games, it's, it's, it's all, all caveats are gone. Uh, Whatever's on the court, I'm judging it at face value. And that should give Porzingis plenty of time to get his legs under him. Um, I have started floating the idea of trading him out there uh, just to, to, to make it easier for Mavs fans to accept. And it appears to be working <laughs> so far. So <laughs> it, it was some, a lot of resistance at first. There's less resistance now. So 
I mean, if you do not think he's going to ever become that guy that he needs to be, like, I still think you trade him while his value is still like, cause if he's this guy for two, three more seasons, no one's going to want him. Yeah. Um, you still kind of have that, that bubble Porzingis allure, like that's what exactly. he could be. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he's just not going to be the guy, you know, we won't even talk about the guys they could get, but yeah, then maybe you get a guy who can come in, take, take some of that pressure off like Luca needs. Exactly. Like, and yeah. I put, I'm, and last thing, because we've been on this for a minute, I put, I said that, that uh, today we put too much on, we ask too much of Luca. Um, we keep bringing him guys that he's supposed to elevate. Like we bring in Richardson. Oh, he hasn't been a great three-point shooter, but hey, look, his percentages are about what Tim Hardaway Jr.'s were in New York. Maybe with Luca, he'll shoot like Tim Hardaway Jr. It shouldn't be like that. We should be bringing Luca people that already perform, and then any elevation that he gives to them is gravy on top of him just not having to do everything. Right. That should and, be the goal. And I don't know if Mavs fans do this or not but i mean obviously like you had dirk who was there his entire career like i i don't know if people expect that luca will be that guy but to me he seems more like lebron and that like he wants to win and he's ready and, he's he's yeah, there and if they're not like lebron left cleveland because they simply did not build a team around him right i don't think it's it's not as bad as in as bad for Luca right yet. now, I think he has de- de- decent pieces. Yeah, but like if he if he goes another three, four, five seasons, and it's just not they're just not making pulling the trigger on something. Because at some point you just need to make a big move and yeah. get him the guy. Yeah, I mean he's going to be frustrated, and you can't expect just to have another guy, another Dirk who's going to be there eighteen years. Right. Like, you need to accept that he might leave if he's not. I'll say it's mixed. There's people that are attuned to this reality, and there are people that appear to take Luca's presence for granted. Um, Another thing that I floated out there was that it's not just Luca's third year. Luca came in on the ninth year of Dirk not getting any help. I see. So it's not, so he's, he's not just going to base his decision or his mindset on they haven't gotten me help for however long I've been here and, or give them, you know, they tried with Porzingis, maybe it doesn't work out. And he give him that credit. No, he's going to look at Dirk was here. They won a championship in 2011. They tried to get him help for eight, nine years, and it didn't happen. What's to make him? He's he's that's got to be in his calculation as well. And I like the point you made about LeBron. When you're already at a championship MVP, NBA MVP, Finals MVP type level, and the product around you isn't doing enough to to help get you to that spot. It's going to be like you can visibly see the frustration on Luca's face every night at some point. So I think it's very unrealistic to expect that he's just going to allow us to continue to bring him mediocre product um, for year in and year out. And it's also unrealistic to expect that a veteran prime player is going to come to Dallas. This offseason is pretty much it as far as being able to spend uh, any other moves we make are going to have to be trades. So if we're worried about Porzingis' value tanking, now's the time to strike. Um, Richardson, love him. 
But if he has to go in a deal, then it is what it is. Um, I already talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. Obviously, he can go. Um, with no hesitation. Uh, there's no, nobody on the team not named Luka Doncic should be off the table. I love every. I love Maxi. I love Dorian Finney-Smith. But if you told me we could get Carl Anthony Towns or something, whatever y'all want is going to be in play. Like I'm sending Washington a blank check and saying, outside of Luca, what what's it going to take? Yeah, I'm sending Orlando a blank check saying I want Vucevic. Yep. What's it going to take outside of Luca? Because that's the level of player that needs to be paired with him, or we're going to lose him. It's that simple. He's not going to stand for a mediocre product. He's not going to stand for a front office making half-ass moves to try to help him. The Knicks gave up Porzingis for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need to be married to him. All right. C minus. <laughs> That's C-. my rant. That's my rant for today. <laughs> um. We're talking about yeah. our predictions. Yeah, let's talk about these predictions. Uh, let me scroll. I got this long out, and I just went off it, so it's going to make me go all the way to the top. Oh god! All right, so we said we were going to look at our preseason predictions, and then tell pretty much which ones we're not feeling anymore, and why, and then of course, uh, which ones we're we're feeling really good about. So if you want to do like a back and forth, I don't know how many you have. Okay, so I kind of I think I went about it sl- maybe slightly different. It's it's sort of the same, but I I looked at three predictions that I made that I, okay. I feel good about now, and then three, not that I mean I guess they're predictions I I yeah I don't feel good about. They're they're more predictions I think have already just been proven wrong. Um, okay, if that, that makes works. sense. So they're they're ones I'm pretty <laughs> like like okay I see what I did I see my mistake here. Um, Let's start with those. Um, yeah, so I'll do my three do I don't like, and then maybe you do your three you don't like, and then okay. we can end on the positives. Does that sound good? It's your show. But. Yeah. Or you could do – you said you had, like, some that were bundled, like, for example, all-star picks. Like, if you have two or three all-star picks. Yeah. Well, okay. So I changed the all-star picks out because, uh, actually, I thought my all-star picks were pretty good. Minus this <laughs> this one this one well, prediction, what, though, was it, it kind of bundled into that. Go from there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my faith in the Raptors was, was a prediction I made. I had them, um, I think, as my two seed. Um, and I think a couple of things I didn't take into account. One, Ibaka leaving uh, did yes. more uh, to hurt them. Than I, you know, I, I think he, yeah, Angasol. So their interior, I mean, they got Baines, but, you know, it's not the same. And two, and this I don't think I even realized at the time, them basically just being in Florida the whole time. Um, I mean, they're essentially every game is a road game for them. Yeah, um, it's it's a totally unfair situation for them. But you know, I didn't take that into account at all. Um, and I mean, they they have struggled. They they're they're looking slightly better lately. Um, but man, they have had a rough rough year. Siakam just I I don't know the I I think he had a nice little stretch, and I just don't think he's going to be that guy again. Like I, I maybe he does, but Which he's is hard it's, to see. It is hard to see because he had so much potential and he looked great. I, like, I mean, I, I really like him as a guy. I think he, I, yeah, I think maybe he got figured out a little bit. Um, I don't know. He looks, he looks hesitant, but uh, I had Raptors, you know, uh, 
high in my uh, seating and I had several guys uh, in my all-star rankings. Um, so as a prediction as a whole, definitely regret it. So definitely. Raptors period. Is... That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm bundling <laughs> that whole, my, my faith in them um, and just my, my lack of understanding of really what their situation was going to be this year um, okay. and not taking that into account. Cause frankly, it's, it's, it's not all there. It's not all on them. I still think they have a good team and I still think Nick nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, but man, hard to, hard to play when you're on the road every night. Okay. Uh, let's, so let's go back and forth then. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go the opposite way with a team that I underrated. Um, let me see here. I had the Pacers as the eight seed. And that was dumb of me because I didn't, I, I overlooked, I was basing that on their playoff performance, completely ignoring the fact that Sabonis wasn't there. Right. Um, and man, <clears throat> he is so good. Yeah. Like, I really like light. watching him play. I re- he had triple double against Charlotte uh, yeah, last night. Last night. I really like watching him play. He's. Jokic light. Uh, like he's Jokic like light. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get that. So I had, the, like I said, I had them as the eight seed. They're currently in the three spot, and there's no reason to believe that they're not going to be at the top when the dust settles. Uh, TJ Warren's still out right now. Right. Paris LeVert's still out right now. Lamb is just coming back off of injury. Um, they've had a few other guys that have been injured as well. Uh, Gogo Batadze's just getting healthy as adding depth uh miles turner missed a game or two with a hand injury he's playing through it right now with a broken bone in his hand uh so they they're the three seed with all that going on and i think if if they expect to get levert back uh, i'm not sure what the situation is with tj warren but that team already being where they're at and and then even in the games they're losing almost all of them are competitive uh, I'm excited for where they're going. They look like a real threat to some of these yeah. big dogs in the East. Brogdon uh, and Sabonis as a duo. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a fun, like a old fun school. Yeah, yeah. Fun old it, school basketball tandem. Like they're not sexy, but they get it done. Yeah. Anything else? Anything? Yeah, that's all I got I on the Pacers. Um, <laughs> second one. Uh, okay. So this is funny. Before I, before we had our last call, I was going through all my rankings and my predictions for awards. And this, man, this is the one that hurts the most. I changed my MVP uh, prediction at the last second. Right before I hopped on the call with you, I deleted a name and I put in Anthony Davis. And the name I deleted was LeBron. (laughs) Because I started (laughs) thinking about it and I started thinking, okay, what makes the most sense for normal humans is that LeBron at his age is going to take it easy for the first half of the season. It's Let AD do all the work. Um, I, I use the term mere mortals. Yeah, right. LeBron situation. <laughs> exactly. Like we cannot comprehend as mere mortals what someone like him is capable of because he legit, I think, is is one of the, if not the front runner, one of the front runners to be yeah. MVP. I think the narrative. I think the narrative is is great for him to honestly. I mean, he's he's one of the front runners for defensive player of the year too, I think as well. Um, I just think he is having such, such an impressive season. Um, you know, and I, I still think, you know, I think my three picks were AD Giannis and Kawhi. I don't think I would put any of them in my top three right now. 
Um, oh, honestly, wow. I'd probably put Embiid, LeBron. I mean, maybe maybe Luke. Mr. Triple Double. Jokic is averaging a triple double. Yeah, but I just don't like the way that Nuggets team is playing right now. I I don't know. I'm still. They're on I'm the more right. impressed. I'm I'm more impressed watching KD play right now for what he's coming off yeah. of and like. I mean, granted that team is a little. <coughs> I don't, they have to figure that out, but I I just I think I I I regret may, underestimating LeBron, and I like I said I had him in there and I, and I took it out the last second because I thought that is insane. <laughs> why why would he need to do that but i mean he's averaging more minutes i think than ad um yeah and ad's out tonight lebron's playing yeah. he just yeah he's just he's unreal um so uh i mean listen I, i've always been a lebron guy i think people are either lebron guys or very very much not lebron guys i'm on okay. the i'm on the former uh i've always liked him i enjoy watching him play and i you know i i would I would be very excited for him to to you know be in the running for that award. Um, just just at his age, it's like you said, the narrative is, is very intriguing. Um, and I mean, and that Lakers team is is looking pretty impressive as well. But yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so next one, I, I wasn't sure how I was gonna go about it. I'm gonna go All Stars. Um, okay. All right. So. Looking at it now, I did rush it at the time. Yeah. But uh I don't think you had Dame. Very, you didn't have Dame on you. Yeah, there were some <laughs> very obvious mistakes yeah, <laughs> that right. occurred. Uh I somehow left Dame out. I gotta slide him in, obviously, because he's Dame and he does he's doing what he does. And he's back in a situation where his co-stars are all hurt, which sucks. Um, but yeah, Dame in, Murray out. Um, Murray has looked terrible this season so far yeah. uh besides jerry and grant being gone his lack of balling is holding the nuggets back um <clears throat> another I think, said, I think you said jerry and you meant jeremy right jeremy yeah yeah the 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 one that's in detroit now <laughs> i got you i knew what you meant all right so jeremy grant gone and that discombobulated their defense and then mary not hooping is hurting them offensively as well yeah. So, um, Nuggets are they're they're seeming to start to kind of figure it out a little bit. They've moved up to the four spot, but that like four through ten in the West is like very volatile right now. Yeah. Um, the other ones, Westbrook, I had as an All Star. I don't think that's happening at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sliding Gordon Hayward in there for that one. Like that. Uh, he's just been a revelation this year. I think. Uh, right now, the Hornets are a fringe playoff team, and uh, they could get an all-star just off of that alone. And Gordon Hayward's story is a good one that voters are going to like. So I uh, definitely can see that. Uh, I didn't have Vucevic in my – I had him as an alternate. So Siakam gone, Vucevic in. Um, I somehow didn't have – I'm not even going to say that one out loud. We're going to let that one slide. Uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. I has been yeah. hooping. So I got to yeah. get Jalen Brown in. I'm taking Jimmy Butler out. Not Jimmy Butler's fault that he hasn't played due to COVID, uh, but I forgot what he looks like on a basketball court Yeah, at this point. That's fair. So Jalen Brown in, Butler out. Uh, voting has already begun, so uh, that's definitely a factor. Uh, I, 
these I don't want to call these guys all stars necessarily, but I do want to mention them. Uh, Zach Levine and Sexton. Oh, okay. So I had a different second guy. I was thinking Julius Randall, but Sexton as well. Randall's Randall's a, a nice plug, I guess. He's been this he's time. been. I'll let you I'll let you bring it up and I'll, I'll chip in what I think about him. Yeah. But Zach Levine is shooting 50, 40, 90 right now almost. He's um, looking good. He looks like a guy. He looks like he's he's doing everything he can for that Bulls team. Uh, again, another team that dealt with COVID. Uh, Laurie Markkinen was out for a while. Uh, I think Wendell Carter's hurt now. I think he's going to be out for a few more weeks. So can't really fully judge that team based on their on-court performance so far. But Zach Levine is a guy that Mavs fans like to talk about in trades. I don't think the Bulls have any reason that they would trade him. Uh, if anything, they need to be trying to secure him forever and maybe get him some help. 100%. Uh, yeah. And then Colin Sexton, he's shooting almost, he's shooting 50% from t- the field, 47% from three, which he did something. He was close to that like last year. And I thought it was a fluke, but it does not appear to be a fluke. He's really shooting that thing like that. Um, and because of that, the Cavaliers, between him and Drummond, the Cavaliers are overperforming right now. Uh, Got to give them their props. It's probably making the decision to trade Drummond very difficult. Yeah. Um, but I have to acknowledge Levine and Sexton balling. And the last one is Christian Wood. I expected big things, but I don't know if I expected 20 and 10 right off the bat. Uh, he's looked great. Like right now, his numbers are very comparable to Carl Anthony Towns. So he could be a guy that could sneak into like a last all-star type spot. Um, but yeah, I think I've said enough. I'll, I'll let you come back in. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you said, I think a lot of those guys, cause you know, looking at all-stars, I was all, like I said, I took that off of my overall list. Right. Um, cause I had another one I wanted to talk about. Um, and I knew you were going to talk about your all-stars, but I, I agree. Like Jalen Brown, absolutely. All-star Levine. I think, you know, the Knicks aren't the best team in the league, but I think Randall is actually playing really, really nicely. Um, you know, I, I didn't have Sabonis or Bam in my uh, in my in my reserves. I had them as like alternates. But again, I had Butler, Westbrook, Siakam, and Lowry. I think all four of those are probably a scratch. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I think I like I think like Bam. I think um, Jalen Brown for sure. I think Levine yeah. for sure. Um, you know, I I think we could probably put put together. I I I would I would imagine you and I both probably had seventy five percent of the All Stars right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's a couple At of those least. guys. Yeah, a couple of those guys I think have just been playing better than expected, which actually takes me to my third prediction. And that was my most improved player predictions. Um, okay. I think, you know, so so Porter Jr. just hasn't played uh, enough, I think. And he was a guy I thought was going to really be in the running for it. You know, maybe he still can be. Um, and I also was really thinking Lonzo was going to have a chance. I really actually thought he was going to have like a career year um, just, you know, being comfortable, like, you know, finding, you know, finding his, his, his spot in that rotation with the team. Um, just, I, I, I don't know. I really expected a leap from him. Thought his shooting was improved. He's actually looked very inconsistent. And now he's on the trade block. Um, so just huge whiff on that for me. And, and then guys like 
I mean, like Sexton or Jeremy Grant are, are probably your front runners for most improved player. Not guys that were really on my on my radar there, Christian especially Wood. not Grant. Christian Wood, absolutely. Uh, I mean, my only thing with Wood is, I mean, he got a big contract because I think he was, I think people expected him he to didn't be get good. a big contract. Not this. Okay, you're right. It wasn't a massive contract. I think coming from where he had come from. Like, like 20 and 10, that's you yeah, supposed to be it's, it's actually, They actually got a good deal. They got a good deal for him. You're right. Bar- He's, um, and J, I mean, and, and Jalen Brown is the other guy I think could oh, yeah, be yeah, in that yeah. conversation for most improved. But just, yeah, I mean, those, those are guys, uh, if we're just talking about predictions that I don't like, I think I, the fact that I didn't pick up on any of those guys having, you know, big seasons, um, okay. especially Christian Wood, because I think if you really look at what, how he played in Detroit um, and then coming to the team, especially with uh, Harden at the time, who was going to take a lot of like, get a lot of double teams and triple teams. Like, I mean, I think he was actually in a very good position to, to put up big numbers, but I mean, he's doing it without Harden. Like he's still right just looks great so um yeah like those predictions overall kind of kind of tied into what you had said about the all-stars just guys you know producing that you didn't necessarily expect but uh yeah that was a big that was a big swing and a miss <laughs> so those are very close to the ones i was having issues with as well as for my third one uh, i pretty much already said one of them the most improved i think yeah. i had Rui hachimura okay. uh with kobe white and dort Lou Dort as my alternates. <laughs> Lou Dort's not a bad one still. He's not bad, but he's Kobe not got off running. to a good start, but I don't think it's that kind of start. So nah. Christian Wood probably my front runner personally. Again, narrative plays a huge role in all of that stuff. Grant is also another um, good candidate. Uh, new face doing things that people probably didn't expect. And uh, Six Man is another one <laughs> that I yeah. wanted to touch on i had lavert actually as my six man uh he's no longer going to be qualifying for that um like even when he comes back he's going to be a starter so and i think he was starting in brooklyn anyway i don't know that he's coming back this year though either right they they have said that they are hopeful damn man i mean he, he he had surgery and they said it went well and it's expected to be a full recovery. Like it's an internal surgery. So they just have to wait for the scars to heal really. And then he has to get his cardio up. Like, I don't, I don't know how, how long that recovery is supposed to be. Uh, maybe you can, go, I don't know how, what you, what you got power wise over there. Um, and try not to Google it. anything. To yeah. Mess I, up my, I, realized what I, said. I realized it as <laughs> I said it. And I was like, let me do that myself. But uh, I'll pull something up here to see if they have like a timeline on what they're expecting. Um, but yeah, they do expect that he potentially is going to come back, but not enough. He, I mean, he's going to be a star, but he's completely out of the running uh, for that particular award. Uh, so I'm putting Jordan Clarkson in that spot. Uh, he's been balling. I compared him to Tim Hardaway Jr. and realized after watching him for a few games, because I've been watching the Jazz a good bit lately, that uh, no, that was disrespectful to Jordan Clarkson. He actually performs on a consistent basis. He is this year. I think in past years he's been that type yeah, exactly. of tricky guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he looks like he's finally comfortable. Before it felt like he did the Tim Hardaway Jr. stuff because he was trying to show that he belonged, and now he's in a situation where the I think they they said it last night during the game is that he's been cleared to like when you see your shot, take your shot let me worry about 
telling you to cool down or telling you specifically what to do. But until then, just go out there and do like we need you to score. Yeah, uh, that's why you're here. That's why we made that trade for you that nobody saw coming because we needed a guy that could come in and get buckets for us off the bench. Um, and so he's been doing that and he looks happy. He looks comfortable. That whole team is just vibing right now. I agree. Um, so I, I'm, I'm personally enjoying them. And I feel like I had a note. We're going to this. I'm, I, you went first, right? Yeah. So those are three there. Oh, the last one I was going to say is um, rookie. I had Danny Abdia as my rookie because I was believing the hype. Uh, LaMelo was one of my alternates. I'm bumping him up to my rookie. Yeah. I think, yeah, think you are. yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, <predictions>, things <clears throat> that we predicted that we're happy with. You you did the same, right? Yes. I'll go first on this one so you can get to go last. All right. So, transitioning from what I just said about Clarkson and the Jazz, I predicted the Jazz as the three seed coming into the season. I had them going to the conference finals. Um, I'm willing to take I'm willing to take that up a notch and say that they're my final pick, finals pick. Wow. I mean, yeah, it, it would be hard to argue completely. Well, yeah, I could argue a little bit, actually. I you're on that LeBron way. Yeah, yeah, but they look as good as anyone else. If have them meeting the Lakers. That's right. Because they're going to be on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah, I remember we talked about it. Um, yeah, I mean – you feel good about that then, Sim? I'm glad. Yeah, I feel very strongly about the Jazz. Um, and so they're my final pick. Okay. All right. We'll see when we do a, a, a midway point. <laughs> Third quarter. COVID point. strikes the Jazz. Yeah, we'll, 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 oh, we will say that. We will say uh, that. Please don't. Yeah, knock on the wood. Um, they, already, they already handled that last year. Somebody said, um, somebody made uh, said that uh, they're not going to get COVID because they were patient zero. And checkers not che- or chess not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> it was, they were playing the long game. This is all. Right. This is all for this year. Um, so my first prediction is going is kind of it's kind of stretch uh, because I had them. Uh, I overhyped them a little bit. I had them as my four seed, uh, Golden State. Um, but the reason I am including them in my predictions that I liked was that I had full faith that Steph could was going to show again that he could be a guy by himself, that he didn't need Kevin Durant. Like, I, you know, obviously him and Clay like, work well together. But, you know, I really thought that he could carry a team. And I think he's showing in stretches he can. I still think they need Oubre to, uh, to play better. Um, I like – actually, I like that they switched out Wiseman and brought in, brought in Looney uh, to start at center. I think he's just a better defensive player right now. Um, you know, I, I still think that I still think Golden State could end up like on the lower end of the playoffs. Not like I, I was maybe predicting. I, I think I think where I predicted them to end was a little too, uh, too hopeful. But I do feel good. Yeah, way too optimistic. But I do feel good that I, I you know, really had a lot of faith in you Steph. saw them as a legit playoff team. And you think I just saw they're... Steph as a guy that could like okay. carry. I think people forgot that like, I mean, like. I think he he's one of those guys just easy to like forget how impactful he is, especially when he played with Durant for three years. Um, I, I just I think he's very good. I think he's showing if he wants to go off for fifty, like he can still like he still got it. Um, 
So I know, like, like I said, a little bit of a stretch there in terms of a prediction that I like, because I wasn't very close, but where the prediction was coming from, like, I'm glad that's coming to fruition because I, I still really enjoy watching Golden State play. I mean, they're not like the best team, but they're, they're fun to watch. And like, he's going to, he can go off any night. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel good about it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I should have combined this with the first one. But yeah, that's not sexy enough. I'm gonna skip that one. Uh, second one, I'm gonna say I'm sticking to my guns with the Wizards. Okay. Uh, Bradley Beal is still doing good things. Westbrook, I think, will settle down at some point into his role or what he needs to be for the team. And as Rui Hachimura and guys like that start to come back, they can still make some noise the the fact that they lost six games already and they'll have to make those up later is a good thing for them because they can come back together get some continuity and then they'll have six bonus games to make a dent in whatever teams they're chasing um when it comes to a playoff situation um again Bill still high level one of the, right now looks like one of the best players in the league with like a potential all-star starter type Definitely guy um so once everything else starts coming in around him i still kind of sucks about thomas bryant that's really a killer uh so maybe they're not going to be a five seed but i still think they're a playoff team personally so i feel i feel good about that preseason prediction minus thomas bryant with where they can still get to okay i agree about bill too i agree bill probably should be an all-star starter just based on what they've done this year or what he's done i should say um, my second prediction that I liked, it's not sexy and it, it was probably, I won't say it was obvious, but I, I think, I don't think I was in the minority of people picking it, but you know, I picked Lakers as my, as the, the champions this year. Um, I, I still, I actually still think that's, that's the most likely outcome. Um, especially, like I said, I think LeBron's got a good chance to be MVP. Um, I, I just think that team's clicking. I think the additions they made on the off season, Schroeder and, and Harrell were good pickups. Um, you know, Wes Matthews has been kind of, yeah, I, I think in spurts, like he's been like what they need him to be. Um, so yeah, like I said, not not a bold prediction by any sort, yeah. but uh, I, you know, feel good that that it, it's coming true. Like I said, that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a LeBron guy. Okay. And so then for my third one, I just made the change. I'm going to go with my Jokic MVP pick. So the Nuggets performance-wise have not been what I expected. If you recall, I picked them to be the one seed. Um, Did did not give the Grant loss as much credit as it deserved. Uh, Yeah. And had too high expectations for Jamal Murray. Um, Bowl Bowl, I thought would play a bigger role. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had COVID, so we don't really know. He, he's looked good since he's come back, but he doesn't play defense, so you're still going to be missing something. Um, but in the meantime, Jokic averaging a big boy triple double. Uh, I think I, I didn't check the points, but I'm pretty sure he's close to 25 points a game, um, 10 assists and 10 boards. He, uh, He's putting up the number. He's having the year that people thought Luca was going to have. 
and his team is currently ahead of the Mavericks. So if people thought Luke was going to get MVP, despite the Mavs being like a four seed, then I would think that um, Jokic can get that too, especially with the way the rest of the guys on his team are not performing. If Murray was hooping and they still sucked and he was doing that, maybe he doesn't get the attention, but with his team sucking around him and him still doing what he's doing, I think that kind of boosts his candidacy. That's fair. I could definitely see that happening as well. And I, I mean, I agree. I think the team underperforming, there's a lot of variables to go into that. Um, none of it really is him. So maybe they make some changes and I think it's easier to like put him in that spot. If he's the, you know, if their team is, you know, Not, top, top yeah. seated. Yeah. Um, so my last one, pretty obvious, I think, and I saved it for last, but it was my rookie of the year projection. Uh, just <laughs> happy that I predicted it, but just more happy that it's actually coming. <laughs> that's actually happening. And, Charlotte has a guy um, that's got a nice, bright future, and he's, he's fun to watch. And like I said, I think as a guard, I think he's already an elite passer and pretty elite rebounder, too. He rebounds really well. Um, defense and shooting, that was always going to be his issue. Um, he's looked okay shooting it, I think. Um, you know, he's, when he gets open looks, he, he, can, he can hit him when he's feeling it. Um, yeah. I just think he needs more needs more playing time, needs more opportunities. But, um, you know feel good about that happening um just like from a fan standpoint um i'll ask you this do, do you foresee that changing this year as far as his playing time um so i think borrego had said they wanted to wait about he said they need to wait something like 20 games before they can make any decisions you know about changing the roster i get the sense that he's not the biggest fan of playing a young guy i i yeah, I actually have a very much Rick Carlisle. Yeah, but he doesn't have a ring. So what I worry is going to happen is we're <laughs> going to get to a situation where Jordan, Cupcheck are going to tell. I mean, it's basically going to be him or Lamelo type situation, and we're going to be oh, looking at. Man, you think it's got? You think it's like that? No, I don't think it's like that. But that's sort of it. It has sort of the. That's kind of where the league is now. I mean, the players like just yeah. tend to have a lot of the power. Um, and I think if it comes down to a situation where we're not we're not winning but we're not playing our our, our star rookie uh you know they, they they're going to want him to get in and get the playing time and people are going to want especially when fans are back in and fans want to see Lamelo. Um, yeah and i i just get the sense that he's not like i i don't think he doesn't like Melo, but he seems to like his guys like i said he's been playing cody and Cato martin a lot <laughs> a lot right. more than i think most charlotte fans want to see um and not giving a guy like monk who I think is like pretty, pretty well liked by like Hornets fans. Uh, he's yeah. not getting a lot of minutes. He's not getting any playing time often. He's, um, he's he played last night. Do you know? He did play. Yeah, he played last night. And he what, came in. Huh? I was gonna ask you know how long he played last night or what the rotation was, was like, what the change was. No, I don't know. I don't know his minutes, but I mean, he was playing in the fourth. Like he was playing like important minutes. Um, right. So again, I just I don't know why certain guys aren't getting playing time. It's a little, it's a little questionable. Um, it it feels very much like Dallas yeah. with the ro- the lineup roster decisions. Like fans are frustrated. Like a lot, it feels like for me, most of the other teams play the guys you expect to play in the spots you pretty much expect them to right. play. But Carlisle and now Brego 
seem to have like uh, they want to play games. I think it's just more of like the old school mentality. Like you got to earn your spot. Right. I think, I think these rookies come in like more prepared than ever. Like, I mean, these, these guys are playing nonstop year after year, after year, after year. And if they're good enough when they, you know, day one, I think there's no reason they shouldn't be starting, but it's interesting. Like none of the top, top three picks are starting now. Like Wiseman, Edwards, Lamelo, yeah. all coming off the bench. Um, and I don't know if that's common or not. I can't remember. And the, the Wolves years. are the worst team in the league. <laughs> right, right. So if you are the worst team in the league, you had the first pick. Well, he's been playing pretty terribly also. I think his shooting splits are like 35, 20, 10 or something. Like When he attacks so, the rim, his, man, his first step, though, I cannot remember who he drove by a couple of weeks ago. But I watched yeah. it so many times because I was like, I wanted to predict the moment when he was going to move. And like, he just can't, like he just does it before you he's think he's about to move. It's great. Um, so he's got, I think they all have, uh, they all have a lot of pros and cons. I actually, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know we're running long, but I, I did, I had wanted to talk about the rookies just in general. I don't think we okay. have time now, but they've been better. I think this rookie class has been better than they, they were like labeled as a weak class, but I think between those three guys, Halliburton, um, like Maxie looks okay. Um, I mean, there, there are some like guys that I think are going to be in the league for a yeah. long time. Xavier Tillman. Tillman. Uh, like Bain. going back to Memphis. Yeah. Um, he, Emmanuel quickly, even like, you know, quickly. I mean, yep. He, he gets uh, his, that was all uh, like, like short list of changes. Cause I, I didn't have him in my, my list. I had Obi top and like, I would switch them cause he's the Nick that appears to be getting rotation minutes. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I, I've been really I'm always interested in the rookies and, and see how the new guys play. And I think this is I think this is a decent class. Um yeah. when you consider no summer league, no real offseason, no rookie mini camp, like these guys are just basically having to come in and ball. And they like the the fact that they've been able to do it has been impressive. Uh Mavs fans give Josh Green a lot of grief, but for we brought him in because he's a great defender and there's been no indication that that was wrong. Um, so I'm, I'm personally pleased with them and yeah, like you said, these, the rookies, I'm, I'm very impressed with the way this rookie class is showing up right now. Like nobody's carrying a team right now, but the, none of them really were put into situations where they were going to. So, um, that's been fun to watch. I do have your monk information, by the way. Uh, he played 14 minutes last night. The Martin twins did not play. Yeah, they didn't play, which was (laughs) <laughs> frankly like nice to see i mean i really don't have anything against them but i just i think he brings a much more, I, more closer to elite skill set i think his shooting is very good and i think his athleticism i mean those guys are you know they they attack the rim and they want one of them always ends up with like just a monster dunk at one point in the game but <laughs> i i i don't i just don't get a lot from those guys. i think he does them plays them for defensive purposes but that's not helpful to the team because you start all the people that can shoot right <laughs> right so yeah. you come in off your bench and don't have shooters the roster and is then, just weird right now too it's just a, it's a it's a very it small roster of own. and they were talking about playing miles bridges at the center for a little while there because you have a lot of undersized guys and i guess they're trying to just mac put all their talent in one spot there definitely needs to be a move. Um, you have too many guards, too many people that 
want to set other people up. Uh, Gordon Hayward's scoring a lot, but even him, he's fallen back into some of his old ways of passing up shots. And so everybody wants to pass. Everybody wants to share the ball. Nobody's big. And the ball just swings around. And it's like, oh, yeah, we should probably shoot the ball here. And you get like a last second shot. Yeah, late in the shot a lot of those. Yeah. When you're trying to play fast. Um, I, I don't know. They they have a lot of talent. And I think that's probably what make, is making their situation difficult. I know, like you said, they wanted to do 20 games before they made any moves. There's a lot of players that you would like to keep. But together, it's not conducive to winning. So yeah. something's got to change. I won't say it's I'm quite in the same level of like, you know, you said Luca's the only guy off limits. Like I, I actually have like there are a couple of guys for me that would be off limits for Charlotte. Okay. Not because they are Ex-elite. elite, like all-star yeah. superstar players. I just think they could be the foundation of like a really nice core going right. forward. Um, so I you know, I just yeah. Lamelo PJ, like I think you keep Hayward right now. Um you know, a couple of the, those other guys, I don't think you give up like everyone else. Like, I don't think you give no, up no, 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 definitely, and definitely. Them. That's definitely not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying like when you have redundancies, one exactly. of them has to go. I think, I think they do. And I think, and I guess I just hope Borrego like sees LaMelo as that, that like point guard of the future. Cause I mean, frankly, he is like that. The team needs to eventually revolve around him and just let him go How out quickly there. And, would you move Rozier though to make him the starter? Based I mean, on how he's playing, does it depend I, on who you're getting? Yeah, it depends on who you're getting. I'd move Rozier to the bench before I would try to trade him right now. But how how does that go over him. in the locker room? That's what I, that's the part that I think is the problem for Borrego right now is trying to maintain the, some level of chemistry. It's easier to bench the rookie for the team aspect. The front office might not like it, but as far as the team, like the veterans are going to feel like they should be getting the starting minutes. And if you bench a veteran for a rookie, not only will that potentially affect how Rozier plays, but then how is Gordon Hayward feeling about that and stuff like that? Like, I don't know how the team feels about that potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different, I think LaMelo just has a different skill set than all those other guys. So I just think he, like, like, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, and look, I I don't know. It it hasn't been, you know, we're only a couple games into the season. I mean, I think. Last thing I'll say about that, the horn is there. I think Rozier and Graham are both scorers. Yeah. I think it makes a ton of sense to move Graham to the bench and have him just come in off the bench and get buckets. But see, he's the guy I think would, I I don't think think he he would react more adversely than Rozier. Yeah. Like I think he, you know, he wants to be the guy. He's the guy that when he's not hitting, he's going to keep shooting. What if he's 30 minutes off the bench? I mean, he's. Maybe, but to me, he's the guy that like, I think people, and maybe, I, I don't know. And he also had a great year last year. Um, so I don't know, maybe he feels like. But I, I, here's my thing. I think he could still hit his numbers off the bench. I think it just spreads out your scoring more so that you're not, you don't have all your scorers in the starting lineup. I mean, I agree. Yeah, because then when one of them comes off, um, I will say I do like the the Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, like, Tandem when they come in off the bench, man, they they, they add a lot of energy and uh, yeah. spark to the team. Um, yeah. But I agree. If you were maybe bringing in a bringing in a shooter um, with that with that second unit, maybe that does balance out um, balance out. You know, I guess I guess the second unit a little better. 
Right. So, um, like, if you have Gordo, Rozier, and Graham all out there, and then Washington, he's even a perimeter shooter type. They they can't all shoot the ball at the same time. So then you're trying to figure out who to take out and who to plug in at certain times. And that's the, the I noticed a lot of like hot and cold stretches for the Hornets. Yeah, I think that's part of the the reason. That's why I expected Lamelo to maybe get a chance to to start pretty quickly, but we nobody predicted Rozier doing what he's been doing. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but again, still still a lot of season to go, so I'm sure they're going to make changes. Um, hopefully, they get a big in, but um, I'll be a very inter- interested to see by the next time you know we do one of these, what trades have happened for Dallas, <laughs> Charlotte, really anybody. Um, yeah. And of course, we got questions coming in late. <laughs> All right, been yeah. talking forever. All right, you want to do these questions? Let's do them. All right, so yeah, the, the next one should be fun. I expect a lot of movement, uh, some other things that we can't predict to come up. So let's knock out these questions. First one comes from my man Slingy One, uh, who used to be Edmund the Slayer. Um, I think he follows you too, actually. So he asked, why did Josh trade me future president Jalen Brown in the 25th hour league, knowing it will make me unstoppable when JJJ returns? Why did I trade Jalen Brown? Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a, I mean, for people who don't know about the fantasy league we're in, you know, it's, it's a dynasty league and uh, you know, I just, uh, Jalen Brown was not going to be one of my keepers at the end of the year. So I flipped him or two slightly less per- lower performing players, but guys that I think balance out my roster a little better. Um, and frankly, I was worried that his, his performance was going to take a hit once Kimba comes back. Um, so I was trying to get ahead of that. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but I got, I got DeAndre Ayton and Donovan Mitchell out of it. Um, yeah, that's, which, that which was a- on paper sounds like a, a, a steal, but I mean, if you look at the numbers, yeah, it, was, uh, it, it wasn't as bad numerically. Balances as out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. These ones just came in, so I, I don't have any idea what I'm about to read. Um, Yan Wong had two questions. First one said, Mavs fans are divided about whether the roster needs a major shakeup or just patience to let the injured guys get back in form and improve chemistry. What evidence is there for both sides of the discussion? So the major shakeup side is, for me, the Porzingis performance so far. Um, I don't know. I can't give him the excuse of coming back off an injury based on what the injury was and the fact that he had more extra time to get himself together. And the way that he's playing looks a lot like it was the beginning of last year when it was his first time playing with Luca. Like I said earlier in the podcast, he looks lost. I don't it, it doesn't make sense. And him not being himself and potentially having to do this every year with him makes me feel like we, we need to strike now because we're this offseason is our last chance that we're going to have money because Luca's getting paid and we're going to be over the cap forever after that. Uh, this is our last year. I don't think we should wait till the last second, which would be the offseason, to make a move. If we can make a move before the trade deadline, we have multiple expiring contracts. We need to pull the trigger ASAP. If we can get a legitimate all-star, not a fringe all-star, but a legitimate all-star established player, we have to do that now. Uh, Now for the other side of that discussion, 
as far as patience to let the injured guys get back into form. I'm fine with that for all of the role players. DFS, Maxi, all those guys, I'm fine with understanding that we're going to take some time to get healthy, those guys. But those guys are role players. They're replaceable too at the end of the day. It's the top level, KP, Richardson, and the fact that they've been disappointing offensively, at least for Richardson. That's where I I can't be as patient. Um, I'm going to give them, I told I said it earlier, somebody said five games after Maxi gets back. Five games after Maxi gets back, if I'm still seeing some of these same things, it's time to pull the trigger. Um, and that's what I'll say about that. Uh, I'll, I won't let you answer that one because he asked a Hornet specific question yeah. as well. So Yan Wong again, and it's Yan Wong is the name. Wong underscore Yan is the at, um, and it's Yan with two N's. So uh, he asked Josh, what are the Hornets' aspirations for this season? Uh, is someone like Biombo going to be available as a buyout candidate, or are they keeping him for the playoffs? Also, is Malik Monk completely washed? So I, we can go piece by piece. Uh, Hornets aspirations. Hornets fans or Hornets organization, you think? I would, if you think those answers are different, give me both. Yeah, I, I think the organization right now is playing for the playoffs, you know, that six, seven seed maybe. Um, just because, I like, like I said, I think Hayward's playing, um, I think, better than people expected. Rosier's taking a leap. Uh, we got Zeller back in the lineup, which makes us um, – I, I, I think we're a lot better with Zeller over Biombo. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think fans are probably, I think I personally, <laughs> I think fans would prefer just get a lottery pick again this year, really build out that team a little bit more, um, and get another guy that, you know, a, another wing player, um, that's elite, build up our interior and then, and then start building after next year. But, you know, I think the organization, uh, is going to try to, shoot for the playoffs, which frankly can't blame them. Um, in terms of Biombo being a buyout candidate, I don't know that they need to buy him out. I mean, we, like I said, we're so, we're so small in general. I think they like having him there. I mean, he played, yeah. uh, he was starting while Zeller was out. So I think they keep him. Um, you know, again, if they make the play, I don't think they're keeping him for the playoffs. I think they're keeping him for the roster depth. He's um, also a Lamelo's uh, best buddy or something. So I they're very cl- yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. In fact, I think we actually didn't have enough players to. Uh, I think we had to bring back a guy from our from our G League team. I think they brought Nick Wright back. Not, is it Nick Wright? What's his name? No. That's the guy from ESPN. I think. Um, uh, yeah, I saw. I was looking at when I was looking at the Malik Monk numbers last night. I realized you guys only have eleven active players. Yeah. Um, you played nine last night because the Martin twins didn't play, and then they actually had to list a guy who is currently on his way to the bubble with the G league team as the being on the roster, just to fulfill the roster requirements. Right. Um, and to that last question about Monk, I, I absolutely do not think he's washed. He is rusty. He gets like, he, he gets sporadic games where he gets to play. And then a lot of times he's just on the bench the entire game uh, when he plays and he gets in a flow, you know, I think he can do a lot of the things that, that uh, Devontae Graham can do. Um, like he is a good shooter. Um, he's super explosive. Um, I think he's just, I think he's lost in that, that mix right now. Um, I just don't think there is like a real spot for him on the team just because it's gotten so crowded. 
So uh, many guards. They're just, they're just, that's, that is the problem for the team. Um, so, you know, I don't think Monk is washed. I think he sells a lot of value actually. Okay. But not probably not on this team. I, I think at the end of the day, he has to be traded to get back to that. Okay. All right. So then last question comes from uh, Russell uh, at six Porzingis. Um, with a stacked Eastern Conference, do you think Gordon Hayward is a lock for the All-Star game? Definitely not a lock. I think I think guys are going to have to – I think I think it's going to take people who are really in the know and, like, watch the games to, to even consider him as, as an All-Star. I don't think – You don't think MAGA's going to stuff the ballot box? <laughs> don't tell me that, man. Look, I'm just trying not – what he does off the court is his own business. I don't – I don't care. Um, that's not true. Oh, God. Anyways, um, no, I don't think he's a lock. I think he probably is deserving, but there's a lot of other guys that are probably very deserving as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, if Colin Sexton went over him, went in over him, I'd be fine with that. Um, right. If Jeremy Grant went in over him, I probably I, I couldn't argue that. So there's just a lot of guys who are who are playing really well, um, and I do think there are a couple spots open because, like you said, Westbrook. Uh, it's not going to be in there. Butler's not going to be in there, probably. Um, I think the Raptors guys are out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's some opportunities there. What do you think? I don't think he's a lock either. Um, and we talk even about Jalen Brown, the sure. way he's playing. Like, he's, he's taking a I spot. I think he is now. a lock. I think he is a lock. Yeah, he's taking a spot now. So, I do think Gordon Hayward's in that pool of, like, final three guys yeah. that can get in. But uh, I think it's going to come down to, like, are they in the playoffs at that point? Because um, I think coaches like to give credit to guys whose teams are in the playoffs. That's why Beal didn't get voted in um, last time, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah um, I think it's going to depend on it, where, the, where the team's at. Actually, when, when guys like Giannis and Embiid, all those players decide, you know, KD decide they're not going to play in the game because they don't want to get COVID, then – then Hayward's a lock as a reserve. Hayward's a lock at that point, yeah. So they start bringing in the reserve guys who are willing to do it. Um, and that'll be interesting to see if guys actually choose not to play. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen any players say anything about yeah. it at all. Um, so I don't know how they feel at all. Um, I know there were some resisting the restrictions. Like I think George Hill said, like, I'm not going to stop hanging out with my family. Um, and I'm sure – never mind. I'm not, not going to – I mean, Daniel House tried to sneak in something in the bubble so I can, I can imagine these hotels don't have the restrictions right that uh people think like i'm sure somebody in the kitchen is like hey sneak her in with a side of pork my g like i, I need that like, uh, <laughs> can't blame uh, these guys man no nah, no nah, the bubble after like i'm pretty sure that was a big factor in why people didn't like the bubble like can y'all get like a thought bubble in here like what? <laughs> Like, a I'm separate struggling. little bubble inside the bubble right like yeah, give yeah. Them a bubble. Like you ain't got to announce it like <laughs> i'll give you a list these, these oh, are approved man. qualified <laughs> individuals <laughs> fly about <laughs> put them in, oh, put them in the magic kingdom or something like could be curing covid man that's what you said about uh, uh, hey you gotta make them isolate for two weeks before they can move out into the streets like there you go nah that would have been crazy uh, <laughs> Oh man, I'm sorry. We had to finish on that on a on a note like that. Um, oh man, anything you wanted to add that we that we didn't cover? I feel like have we been going for two hours? It's been a long time. Yeah, I think the thing I'll add is you know 
when I first came on to the podcast the first time, I think I said to you, like, I'll do more of these as long as you don't get like hate tweets about how bad it is. Or like, so I know we're going long. I mean, if as long as you don't get people saying they hate listening to this and or you get people saying they are listening to it. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing this. It's fun just to talk basketball and um, yeah, no, it's been fun. I, uh, I think we covered a lot. I think that uh, I've actually got nothing but positive feedback. I've had people say uh, they enjoy our episodes. So, um, and they, they think obviously we have solid chemistry and that- uh, And talking for 18 very- years. <laughs> exactly. We pretty much know probably a lot of what we're gonna say. Yeah. Already. So um cool. yeah, I think it's I think it's easy and um it's a good for me just because like you know, you don't live right here anymore. Yeah. So it's a good way to just stay in touch, uh, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um you know, I mean we can come back do another all-star break thing and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one thing you could ask your, uh, you know, ask your followers or for any ideas for segments they'd want to hear. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think that'd be a cool thing to do is start building out some regular segments, not just for the episodes with me, but for when you bring on anybody. Right. Um, so I did yeah. do like a little survey thing. I got some pretty good feedback. So yeah, I think with the doing all the game recaps, it makes it hard to be creative right now. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at different things I want to try to do. So thanks for, for coming on, doing this for me for, I believe, about two hours at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it for this episode, people. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all said y'all like the long episodes. I think the three of the most listened to episodes are the super long ones. So whatever. Um, I don't like planning to be long, but if it happens, it happens. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I think we got into a lot of good stuff. I think it was a fun conversation. So uh, until next time, people, peace.